0: Welcome to the European Hockey Federation Podcast, in conversation with the biggest names in hockey, generating insight and engagement around coaching, officiating and playing. Powered by Coach Logic and supported by FIH Academy, presented by Jack Rolf, the founder of a coaching lab. Today we spoke with co-chair of European Hockey Federation Athletes Committee, Jana Müller, about captain to coach relationship. She thinks that not changing the plan is weakness. Listen more about it on this episode. Over to Jack.
1: Coaches, good morning. Uh, great to have you with us. And as ever, thanks for joining in and bringing your energy and bringing your questions. Again, it's fantastic to have a you know, world-class athlete, a world-class leader uh, in conversation today in Jana Mulabalan. Um And it's awesome to have you with us, Jana.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: No worries. And I know we, uh, you have to dash off to a meeting. So we'll record a little bit um, and then we'll come back for some questions as well. So yeah, brilliant to have you with us. Um, I'm Jack Rolfe, founder of the coaching lab and presenter for the EHF series. Uh, And as ever, it'll be available on coach logic in the coming days for you to catch up uh, and see how we're getting on. But Yana, tell us a little bit more. Give us a little bit of a background about what you're up to, where have you been, uh, and how have you got to where you are now, maybe?
2: Wow, that's, um, that's an easy intro question. How, how much time have I got? <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, I'm Hamburg, from Hamburg um, in Germany, and I actually played for the same club in, in Germany all my life but um yeah just spent like just really enjoyed hockey tennis any sport really at some point I had to decide which sport you want to go for um because i didn't have enough time for all of them and then decided to go for hockey because it's a team sport and i just enjoyed it more than than tennis and um just went through all the under 16 18 21 never really thought about it never said like i want to be you know a professional athlete or i want to be in the senior team i just just enjoyed it and apparently was good enough to to make all those teams and then um yeah made it to beijing 2008 that was my first olympics and i was the youngest squad member i I didn't have a clue what was going on but i knew i loved it and from then on, i was like i want to have more of this i want to go to the next olympics and the next and the next if i can which is um unfortunately obviously always four years to go but again time time flies and now i've got um I don't know, 320 something caps, um, which makes me officially old now, which is horrible. But I still enjoy it as as, as I did like 10 years ago. So that's, I guess, why I'm still around. Um, yeah, I was, was thinking I'd be in Tokyo right now. But, well, clearly not. <laughs> so I consider myself furloughed for a year and um, well, I'm, I'm still going. We're, we're just picking it up again now. So Bundesliga is starting slowly. I hope national team is starting. And then hopefully play the last season, my last Olympics not touch wood um, next year and yeah so a lot has happened over the years played in japan in between uh, in hiroshima for a year which was an incredible life experience Um, a bit in italy in new zealand um, just different bits and bobs here and there but overall yeah just still still playing the game Um, also because i was lucky enough to always combine it with university or jobs so i studied business did a bachelor and mba and also worked in different corporates, as well as different startups. Founded a startup three years ago. Then this year had a great um, startup consultant role, which is very convenient for Olympics. <laughs> but the moment I decided the Olympics are not happening, I got restless and started a new startup. So, yeah, I think I think that balance was always important for me. And also that's why I, at my age of now 33... I'm able to still do both at the highest level, because otherwise, um, at some point, I probably would have had to drop out and start working or, you know, and whatever it is that I wanted to do then. Yeah.
1: Awesome, fantastic to have you with us. Uh, and we kind of got two topic areas of, uh, we're focused on one I'm sure that we'll pick up and touch on the business side of stuff as well, in, in captaincy, and then that captain to coach relationship. and what that dynamic looks like and how that can be most effective and what coaches can take away from, from that. But talking of captaincy, you've been captain for how long, know of the national team?
2: That's a, a couple of years now, I think, uh, so we, the thing is we started at some point we had between the world cup in Den Hague and, and the Olympics, we decided we want to have a captaincy group so we kind of like i've been in that and and since then we changed the model and then we changed it back to one captain so it's been probably like i don't know six years six seven years yeah
1: six years and you've been captain in the junior age groups as well or was that first experience at senior level
2: i've um no actually in the junior that's a good question maybe at the end but i was always because i'm i was always the younger age group and the youngest in that because I'm end of October born, so I I wasn't I was always in my club and in Bundesliga. I was the captain really early on, and that's also also one thing that Jamie Muh does when he became our coach. He knew me from the Bundesliga, and I was central defense and just like you know running the show. And then he saw me in the national team where I wasn't also not the position. I was like half like or like right midfield, which is you know just you're not just you're not in the center right. So it that really makes a difference. I was right midfield and he saw me at the London Olympics and then he came in afterwards and he said, Anna, I know you're from the Bundesliga and I see you here, like, you know, what's what's the difference? And I said, well, the position, my role, you know, it's, I think it's a lot a lot about like, do you see yourself as someone who is meant to take over responsibility now as well? And where are you on the pitch in a way too? It's It's obviously harder for a left forward striker than someone who is central defence anyway. And it's got everyone in front of you, and I have to shout anyway. So I may as well just do it in the in the name of the captain as well.
1: <laughs> um, if we were going to talk about captaincy and what would some be some of the misconceptions maybe of captaincy? What are, what do people always think a captain has to be or has to do? Um, you know, what are the misconceptions or the the lies kind of around that?
2: Oh, I guess I guess one big one is. That you have to be perfect and flawless and strong and you know always you know always yeah like yeah always there always um on point and obviously that's what you're aiming for and everyone's aiming for that i guess but that's what you're aiming for but it's it is important to also show like why i made a mistake i'm sorry this is how i deal with it because that's how you can lead with by example if you are perfect there's not a lot of examples you can give others who are struggling with certain situations because you're like the super woman like no i've never had this problem no like what you're talking about because you need that empathy and you need to show vulnerability at some point as well because in the end like people follow people and not the position so i can have a captaincy album but if i'm not connected to my team and if they don't buy that I, you know, feel for them, feel with them, and you know that I, I'm, I'm honest and authentic. And then I can, then I can walk at the front, but no one will follow, right? So that's the thing. You have to walk at the front, but if you turn around, they have to follow. So that's I think it, which better if you do it on a on very personal level, like build relationships, build trust, and usually you build trust by being open and honest and not just you know pretending to be. This this perfect version of yourself, which you actually probably are most of the time. But even if now and then you just say like, "Look, I'm so sorry, I you know I messed up or whatever it is," that will just that will be big for the team, because otherwise you're just pointing at others and you're just saying you oh, want well, this, this, and that, and why are we not doing this? But if you never criticize yourself, I I think that's never. That's always a bit suspicious.
1: <laughs> and is this something you would say you? you know a philosophy and approach you had as soon as you became captain or is this kind of a reflection of when you look back this is now what you're saying to yourself what was that those first couple of months and weeks like as the national captain of one of the best teams in the world
2: No, I think because I I had been captain in in the Bundesliga in my club so early, even from a very young age, because people said like, you should be the captain, not because I said, can I be the captain, please? Because I'm not an alpha person in that sense, you know, I'm not like, get up there and just give me everything. It just happens naturally. So there must be something natural about me, which, you know, I don't know, makes that happen without me thinking about it so much. So I I think for me, it was more the other way around. It was more like, well, so I'm the captain now. So I actually have to do certain things and not be too humble or too modest to be like, oh yeah, but I don't want to be, you know, stepping too much in front of everyone or, you know, it, again, it's not about me, but sometimes it is about you in that sense, like someone has to do it. Someone has to speak up, someone has to go out there. You have to be the one on say you have to do all the interviews. Like we do, try to give it away to everyone because everyone should do a bit of it. But you have to take that as well and not just be like, oh yeah, no, are you sure? I'm someone else. And I think that's actually more girl, girl, girls' thing than a boy's thing. But I think for me, it was more like, well, okay, it's it's okay that I do all that, and no one will say or why Janice you know, is just seeking attention, you know, because it, you are you are that person, or you are on that role for a reason, and then you just have to live it as well. But I, I, yeah, again, it's, it's always a bit, I think it's a, th- a thin line between, you know, is that my role as a captain, or is that now me doing something that I could as well give to someone else to give her attention or give her a chance to, you know, experience this. So, yeah, I had it actually the other way around, but I think especially in different countries and, I mean, Germany is very self-critical anyway, very self-reflective and other nations where you have more that picture of this hero and the leader and the inspiring idol. I think it's more a thing of being like, but I have to be perfect and I have to, you know, do everything perfect. And again, that's what we're striving for. But it it helps everyone a lot if you admit at some time that you you didn't do it wrong. And uh, same with a coach as well. I think it's the same thing for coaches. They just, you know, they are the authority and they have to know it all. And that's what you kind of expect of yourself and the, the players expect of you. But if you don't know it, then it's actually much more valuable to say like, well, actually, I don't know right now. I'll figure it out instead of, you know, pretending to know and just talk the way, your way around it. Because people like players will sense it, right? they will be like, he hasn't got a clue, but he's pretending to. And that's not good. Same with me as a captain. If I'm if just, you know, trying to get out of it, they, they will know. People know, <laughs> especially at that level, they've got a sense for, for those um, yeah, situations
1: yeah and I think as coaches that maybe particularly at the youth level and maybe you know at the senior level as well, we often just give the captaincy to the you know the best player on the pitch, maybe the most skillful the one that is everyone notices. but what would you say some of the behaviors and attitudes and all that, maybe the quiet stuff that people maybe don't see as much, what would you say be your top three behaviors or attributes of a captain? Mm, that's a good question. I
2: think. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is just kind of, kind of have a feeling for the team and like have them together and know if someone's off, or if someone's, you know, super excited and, and kind of know why. And that doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with everyone and they have to tell you directly, but you have to have a feeling for it. And you have to have different sources within the team, maybe who then tell you if something's up because um, without being gossipy, just because, you know, for, for the sake of the team, um and so again i it's it's, you can't have an ego i think you can't have an ego it's not about you so and the problem problem sometimes with the best players is that they are used to having everything around them especially it depends on where you grow up but usually it's like you're the best player in your youth team all the way up to the the and then it's the first cut and the first moment where you're like, wait, there are other good players around me, <laughs> what's happening? So, and, and like, usually like, if you, if you grow up being like the best and always been praised and everything going well, and you never make a mistake, it's sometimes they're very much self-focused in a way because it's like, you know, they never had this struggle, they never thought about um, why is Jana down now, because they can't understand these emotions. I mean, it, there can be those people, right? I'm just saying it's, it depends on the, your character as well. So I think, yeah, it's a, it's a lot about team and and about kind of, you yeah, just knowing what's right in the moment and, and stepping up for that. So again, it doesn't have to be the best player on the pitch, and it doesn't have to be the loudest player on the pitch. You can have someone to like run the whole show, but behind the scenes there's so much to do as well in terms of like, you know, what's the vibe? Where are we going? Um, and you have, just have to be authentic. They have to, again, buy into what you say. And if there's someone who's like a brilliant player, but he also, you know, or she gets yellow cards, red cards, and just flips and it's just all about themselves, it, it will be probably not the, the best voice of the team, even though they're a great statement in terms of hockey for the team. Yeah,
1: and this, uh, this question is probably kind of twofold. One, have you seen your style change as a captain? And because the game of hockey has changed, obviously every single year, it seems it almost, it changes from halves to quarters and the pro league and there's so much more coming into it. And the game is is different to what it was 10, 15 years ago. So has your style changed as captaincy? Um, And being a player within, under different captains, have you seen that style also change? Yeah, I
2: have. I think it's also, it's come with, the change of coaching and coaches perspectives as well not so much the, the different structure of the game like it, it doesn't make a big difference for me as a captain whether we play fifty minutes and 50 minutes or 30 yes we get together and you get a chance to actually speak to everyone quickly but it's not the biggest difference for us as a, in that role but um, yeah so one, one big change is clearly like how do you work with your coach and how does the coach perceive you and your role and the team and his connection and i think it used to be very um top down it used to be i'm the coach this is what we do yes we do have a captain so there's kind of that position in between but still it's just like you, you do what you're being told in a way right so you just try train, and train train um not a lot of questions or not a lot of challenges and, and not a lot of involvement of the players too. Mm. So, I mean, they're always smart girls in a team, but usually they, we didn't have a voice We didn't decide. It was just like against China, this is what we do. And you did it, right? And, and and usually, because again, you believe in that knowledge and you just trust that they figured it out and they usually did. But um, these days, and I think that for us it started with dummy murders coming in twenty after 2012 Olympics. It was very much about like involving us and what does the team want to play, or at least does the team understand why we're playing it because it's very different if you understand why we do it and you want to do it rather than this is what we do and do it so <clears throat> just like have the team buy in into the whole concept and even like sometimes we just had to do our own meetings and come up with our own solution and like play that instead of you know just sitting there and getting it served on the plate, like, oh, okay, so I play right whenever the forward is doing this, thank you. You know, so you didn't have to think a lot, obviously you still had to think a lot, but it's not your own decision making. And um, yeah, so we were very much involved as a team also in terms of doing all the duties Like we had. Obviously we've got like 10, 15 staff and they could easily carry all our things to the pitch and sort everything out but we took that off them again and said like everyone should have a job, whether that is, you know, even if it's just like being the tissue lady. So you're just having a bag of tissues, but you've got something you have to do for the team and, and for us. And, and I think that's really, again, everyone's important in the team and you can't just rely on one coach and one captain to, you know, get everyone in. And I think that really changed over the years. And that's really um, how I saw it anyway, like in, again, in in my club. It was very inclusive, always was. And we can only win and succeed as a team. And not, you know, I'm not the one to tell you what to do, neither as our coach. So like, what do we want to do? Do we want to win? Was you know, otherwise you won't get anywhere. And uh, actually we became German champion in 2009 with like the youngest team and on paper like no one before that would have said that they have a chance and like no national team player only me and I was only 20 so but we were just like you know we had this team spirit like I just give everything I can and this is all I do whereas all the other teams were like all these big stars just didn't you know get it right maybe because it was just not intrinsic enough in terms of commitment to the team. So I think that changed, and, and with me it probably changed over the years as well. But also because of the team constellations. So when I was I started being captain, we still had like really experienced, amazing players there who I who I've played with years and years, and who were older than me and have been around longer. So it's different because you're on a different level, and you know you know them and you know how they work and what they like. Whereas if younger ones now come in, it's it's different to you know take them into the team like bring them up to the level in terms of what's our culture what's our commitment what are our values how do we work with each other so it's just more about the team structure than than really the, the game or you know the, the tournament mode
1: and with that different coaching style which is you know a lot more player centered rather than you know coach centered i suppose you probably see more leaders grow as well wouldn't you is that something you kind of oh, yeah. saw with the different style when yami came in
2: yeah, definitely. So again, like when Tommy came in, we started, or oh, at some point we did this like captaincy group. So we had we had those like seven at some point, which is ridiculous looking back. But the 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 point was that we said it doesn't matter if you wear the captaincy band or not. The, the, the way you behave on the pitch should, should be the same. Yes, maybe you're not the one like going to the umpire, but like, the way you approach the game and behave should be the same regardless. And I, I'm a strong believer in that anyway. like Leadership is mindset and anyone is a leader in, in their respective fields. So um, especially with like the way we play hockey these days, there's so many like, situations on the field where someone else has to take a decision and do that in the best interest of the team and that can't just be me or the, the coach we are far to like too far away and it's too quick so just um yeah again we yeah I think I really it, it develops leaders because they they understand like well this is my area and I have to look after this and you know and make sure it, it works and and that's probably just in terms of like seeing it and understanding it is you feel more like a leader because before that it was more like a task and a duty you have to do and what I told go if I don't do this and whereas now they understand it and it's not like this is what you have to do but like they realize oh my god this is I can really make a difference here if I do my job well then we might it's very our chances to win are quite high versus if I don't do well it's basically my responsibility so yeah I really think it, it helped in terms of creating more leaders.
1: And I think people would see the captain sits at the top of a, a tree in in a bubble, and they're perfect in every way. But how do you get feedback as captain? Who gives you feedback? How do you continue to develop and just get ideas and you know, a feeling for what's going on around you to be the best possible captain you can be?
2: Well, to, to be honest, I always think I'm like I'm really open to feedback and. I, I wouldn't mind it at all, actually, I would really appreciate it if someone young comes up and says like Anna, look what you did in the game or the way you spoke to me, you know, I struggle with that or you, whatever it is, like, or even if it's good feedback. And I always think like, yeah, why well, did you do it? Because I'm not biting. But then on the other hand, if I imagine when I went back, like joined the national team, I wouldn't have gone to the Japanese and said like, by the way, I've got a point of um, a feedback list here for you to do doing my year. Um, but that's, that's the way it should be. And that's how I try to be like to, demonstrate that I'm open to it and it's fine you know to give anyone feedback even our coach um but so again like we've got enough girls in the team when enough girls from Rio are still in the team now and we've been together for long enough so they would always give me feedback um directly but also we've got a leadership group and with Anne Schröder, Nico Lorenz, Lisa Altenburg and me and oh, and then Reg comes in as well so we discuss things in there as well and every now and then we just have this feedback round where we just you know it's straight in someone's face which is weird because we know they're all smart they're brain players and they know most of the things we tell them as feedback but it's sometimes good to hear that from someone else again whether that's good or bad feedback and um, also if someone because we all got things we're still working on right it's not again we're not there it's always something we we're trying to improve and if you then get like that mirror this is it's very helpful in especially in this kind of safe space because if we're in a meeting and then our our national team coach would tell me off in front of everyone and just you know shred me to pieces that would be okay for me in the sense of the message i get and this is what i should do but in terms of um role modeling in front of the team it probably wouldn't be good because that would take credibility and i don't know maybe respect and authenticity from from me as as a leader So that's why we've got this like very close group where he's brutally honest, but again, it's always in a very respective way anyway, and it's in the safe space. So we also, we can develop because again, we're not not there, (laughs) there's a lot to do. So that's what we do, yeah. Yeah.
1: And who would you say have been some of your biggest influences or Mm influencers in your style of, of leadership who's contributed to the captain we see on the field and off the field?
2: Yes, um, I think actually, player wise, I never had that one. I never had, like, even for my playing style, neither. But I always had, like, it's like a pick and mix. I always, over the years, I saw things where I was like, oh my God, this is, I would never want to be like this. Or I, I don't like this behavior. I don't like this. So I kind of had this pick and mix for, like, things I don't want to do, <laughs> as well as things I think, like, oh, that was cool. And that looks cool. And that feels cool. And that doesn't even, like, yeah, that was hockey, but it was also other sports or other examples in life where i think this is this is really nice and this really helps the team so it's more actually like my own little soup i'm I'm brewing there but it's um i think in terms of like external factors Jamie clearly was a big one because he Jamie Murders because he broke up the whole thing and he really encouraged me as well or like person like players as well and tried to get out more and get out the best of everyone and yeah it's very that was very also as a Weird, in a weird way a mentoring role, because that was always about my playing as well as the captain, that's just, it's a complex structure and because you have, you have to think about yourself, you have to think about the team. And you have to think about the team hockey perspective to win a medal. I mean, we, we did medal in the end and that was um, clearly because he did a brilliant job the years before, which was very also we had years and, and days which were tough like it wasn't always fun right but but you have to go through those bits of hell to, to get there even at the olympics actually when he was here like last time i, I listened to his this uh, thing and i asked this great question i thought which um, you didn't pick up on, no one <laughs> but i mean like even during the olympics we had this big moment where we just you know we, we said to him like, look, you can't, like, last game, you behave like this again. You can't do this again. We're not having it. And in in this leadership group, again, different leadership group then, but, like, again, this safe space. And he's like, all right. Like, had to take it, <laughs> went to the dining hall, like, thought about it. And he's like, yeah, they're right, you know? And then he changed his behavior, and, and, and you know, we, we succeeded. So it's, um, it's both ways, right? So it's, um, yeah, but I think he, he really started it. And then Rec joined in. He was our assistant coach for a year with Jami. And obviously Rec had been a player as well. So he's got this different perspective anyway. He understands it for both sides. So we just continued doing that really while, yeah, when Jami left.
1: Oh, that's an amazing story. You stole my uh, my question because we knew it was going to come up. It uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, was, was brilliant. And obviously Yami was, was brilliant. And with the assistant coach, now becoming the head coach, you almost breed another leader. And do you see that? as part of your role as I'm the current captain, but in future years, I'm here to develop and leave a legacy of, you know, another captain underneath me.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, again, it's, it's hard because it's, sometimes it's not like that one person where you, like you, sometimes you've got natural leaders who you see and you're like, well, one day. And, and obviously in the national team, you've got all these different brilliant characters coming together and brilliant players at the same time. So it's it's hard, I wouldn't want to like, pinpoint them now, but it, I think just even if there's not this one natural leader in, in that team we're in now, we've got this culture where they could just exist like that, you know, they, they probably don't even need me, right, because it's not, I'm not higher or further away from them, it's just like, how do we speak to each other, how do we approach things, how do we um, stay out of emotions when it's important and just, you know, be about the the, the point itself and and um, just how do we think how do we want to play as a team and yeah just like deal with all of that and i think that's a big 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 thing especially <clears throat> again i don't want to be that that gender biased person but in girls teams it's different than in boys teams that's just boys would have an argument i don't know probably punch each, other, each other's face and then have a be and they're fine right and girls are more like yeah yeah i'm okay i'm okay but they're not really okay and then they take it to their room and then you speak to someone else in the room and because I don't want to ha- hurt anyone's feelings but in the end it hurts more feelings because if you hear someone gossiping about you, it, it's way worse than having it to your face and like those little things where you you have to like start this culture of we call it like open doors culture so like no room in our in our hotel is closed like it's always the doors are always open not like big big open because you want some privacy but it, you could always come in anytime which is the feeling of like well no one's talking about me in there because I could just walk in and and you know like little things like that, or just having feedback or if I don't like something, and someone comes to me, even now still it's because it's hard to implement that, right? If someone comes to me, and says like, "Yeah, Yana, and this, this person did this and that. I say, like, "All right, okay, I get it. Did you tell her? No, I haven't told her. That. Well, <laughs> tell her first, and if you can't solve it, come back." So again, it's, it sounds so trivial, right? But it, it because you, no one likes to give critical feedback and you know, it's, it's just not nice feeling. But again, if you implement that culture of like, it's okay, like we learn how to give feedback. That's the first thing, because feedback can be this way and that way. And learn to give it and learn to take it and be okay with it, then that, that's a huge difference for a team.
1: And this last question on, on captaincy is, a, as an area how do you find space to be yana the normal person that's not the captain of the national team how do you find that space to just put that to one side and be free in a way
2: well luckily can you say that because when i when i joined the national team i was always the youngest and just you know play half back and just would lift the ball and, and Michi Behrmann like would say, leave the ball down and Tina Bachmann would freak out. Yeah, the market player I was like, I've got it, I've got it. It's okay. You know, just like, and everyone thought I was this huge, super chaotic, probably just like, you know, loving life person. And I, I am, but I was got this other side of it. So I, you know, I'm very, I can perform, I can be there and stuff. So, um, again, what I do now is, is it's, it's, it comes natural to me, but, in my room and, you know, with my room, you know, shut up the most I'm, I'm just, you know, it's also okay, okay to just be silly or do whatever. And, and they know, again, most of them know me long enough because we've been together for years that I don't have to always be, you know, again, look perfect, be perfect, but I can also just, you know, make a joke or not be in the line or, you know, but again, to some extent in front of the team and what, whatever doing, you do in your room is different anyway. And never mind being at home with my sister we we are like two little retards you know but the moment I'm in the spotlight i obviously go behave myself again but yeah no i think it's a it's, it's a good balance
1: there oh, i think that's a, an awesome message and the second part and the final part of this kind of conversation um was that relationship between the captain and the coach or the coaches and what does that look like to be impactful what does it look like from both angles of you know what is has to be part of that relationship to make a successful link and bridge between the two.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's actually probably the, the most important link, um, whether that is coach, captain, or coach and team as well. And and again, it's based on trust. I guess we have to be aligned, in, or at least aligned in our mission. Like, where do we want to go, and how do we want to get there, and. So I, again, I, I trust our staff that they come up with the best plan and also that they have a best interest in heart and, and, and vice versa. So if we clash and if I disagree, then at least it's again, it's not emotional because I know like you're trying to get us to that goal. And so am I. And from my players perspective and now from team perspective this is not the right way. So it's just more like a, like a thing of exchanging ideas than, and, and understanding them and instead of like, you just want us to suffer, like how, how can you make us run again? You know, it's, it's that like emotionality you have to take out. But if you know and understand, like we're all on the same page here, which is different ways of approaching it. And obviously we as players feel it more because we're the ones who actually have to do it. You just have to, yeah, just from feedback and mirror, like this is how we see it. Is there any way we can change it? And so, again, since, since Jummy and the same with Rek, and again, also Rek and Jummy, they're both players, so they know the other side. So they understand that if we come back and say like, look, I don't know, we've been doing this for seven days, we're tired, like we do want to train, we do want to win the gold, but we just need a break. Then he gets it and he at least takes that moment to think about it and doesn't say, no, but I'm the coach and I said you have to do it, right? Which is again like this kind of thing where coaches still think, but this is this is my authority. And if someone if I change my plan now, that's weakness. And actually I think not changing the plan is weakness. Whereas listening and really deciding what is the best for the team in that moment is is a big strength. And that could be as well, it could be like, no, Yana, yeah, no, I get it, but you have to go through this because I want you to go to that limit and you know feel really exhausted. And then i get it again because i know like okay that's why he's doing it go back to the team and say come on girls, let's do it we'll be fine you know so i think that's very um very important to have that that base and then exchange um your ideas and your understanding of it because it's 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 sometimes i have to be the bad cop in front of the team because i have to be loyal to my coach and stuff as well so they the girls will hate me because i would be like yeah he's right let's do it and you know what it's like when you're just exhausted and you don't want to do anything and it's just painful and annoying you're like oh, and they probably hate me too but again i i think it's for the best and then i hope at some point they see it <laughs> as well as sometimes on the player side sometimes i'm on the player side and going to like and say, look we can't do it this is you know i'm I think this would be better, and yeah, so far it's been going really, really well. And I think we always find that middle way to make both sides happy. And yeah, again, it's easier in a national team, I think, because it's clear. Like everyone's so passionate about performance, and everyone is there to reach a goal. Because we're ne- none of us, at least not the German team, are there to make money. So it, for us, it's just our passion. So we've got that, you know, common understanding, and that that really, really, really helps.
1: And I think you picked up on it just in there, but. What do players really want from a coach? And I don't think it's a question. Us coaches probably ask the players enough. But what do players really, really want from that coach who is, you know, a captain and a leader in their own right?
2: Yeah. Well, they, in the end, they, they just want someone to make them better and make them successful. So, and that's again, if you if you can like transmit that that's what you're doing and whatever you're doing is because you want them to be successful and make them better then that really helps because um actually again i think again just looking back all of our girls understand like how valuable it was what Jummy did because in that moment you just it's just horrible if you get <laughs> picked on the whole time and you get you know always like mirror things and you just it's just you just don't feel comfortable. It's in front of the team, in front of everyone, your ego, you've always been the superstar in your team. Suddenly, you, you know, everyone's just telling you what you can do better and you have to do differently. It's not a nice, it's not a nice feeling, but looking back, like Charlotte Stappenhorst or Nico Lorenz, they look back and they're like, that, that time was horrible, but he made me a way better player. So I had to go through it, right? So again, if you understand that this is, what they're there for and what they're trying to do, then is much easier to take, I think, and that's, again, what we want a coach who gets us to our goal in the nicest, most human possible way, in a way. So I think these days, it's also like coaches are way closer to the, to the team, like to each player. So again, depends on who you are, but like you understand that what's happening in their life because it's more than just hockey, right? This is just the pinnacle, like, what are you studying? Are you okay? Is your family okay? Um, are you in a relationship? Are you, I don't know, did you just have a horrible breakup? All those things you have to take into consideration. And I know that some coaches who say, I don't care if you can party, you can train. <clears throat> and I get that with partying, I'm, I 100% agree. But if something's not right in your life, then you have to be careful with that player when they're meant to perform, because that could easily push them over the cliff or you know make them get injured or get anxiety suppression whatever it's like we have to listen in because we're not yes we are we all have to perform but we're all different got different roles different backgrounds and in order to get the best out of everyone you have to be very different with each Um, and some even without having issues at home something some just need a hard hand some need praise some need you know just leave me (laughs) give me some peace and quiet so you have to understand all of that and in order to to know that you have to be quite close, so you have to which is hard as a national team coach because you have to be close, but then you are the one who are selecting the team so also for the girls, it's hard like how close do I let someone in because that's the person that will hurt me in a way, but again, they will only hurt you it's up to you where you you know where you get your spot or not but again it's it's a it's a very yeah thin line between you know being a best friend with a coach but also being the one that being the one who destroys your dream in that sense but again it's it's you who can make sure that he doesn't destroy your dream because if you are performing and you're there then there's no way around you but it's yeah it's not that easy
1: yeah i think something we've started to do particularly here is we bring some of the leadership group to help plan our sessions so almost that the coaches are priming some of the players mm-hmm. to share some of the messages that don't always have to come from us. So there's a couple of people, or particularly in the leisure group, that we might give certain messages to for them to then share those messages with the other team. So it's not always coming from the coach. And what is that is there anything like that kind of within the national side at the moment of supporting the planning or you know, you're being primed with some information to share with the other girls almost in a quite a discreet kind of way?
2: Oh yeah yeah like we 're very, very much involved in in all of that, so obviously he plans the session and, and and the actual drills, but we we always have that feedback around like what do you think look we 're two weeks away from the tournament. what do you think we still need to do and work on, and then we come up with things where we think we have to do again or like not do more because we 've done it so much um and also the way we understand we want to play and what we want to do it's, it's something we align in that group as well and then we carry it into the team in, in a very sometimes subtle way sometimes very obvious way if we just stop the game and say look this is not you know this is not what we're doing but it, it definitely helps and again this is just like us buying into it and inevitably the whole team then buying into it because we, we live it right so we breathe it so yeah that definitely that and also in training like even doing a session sometimes like it's enough now or maybe let's change this or that but also that we start giving feedback in the session so we wouldn't endure the whole session and say this wasn't a good training we would stop the training like players and say guys come on you know this is not enough and we have to think of this and remember last time in the game this happened so it bring it makes it much more tangible and much more like real life thing because you know this is not just an, a drill from the playbook and I don't know what it's for but you understand like okay this is yeah it makes sense it's my real life connection here.
1: Yeah. And one final question Jana would be for coaches what would you say is one piece of advice that can breed and and grow successful leaders and captaincy, a message to the coaches?
2: Mm. I think, you, yeah, you have to give them trust and support, but you also give them space and freedom to explore who they are and what kind of captaincy they want to do. Because it has to be your own style. You can't just, you know, watch The Last ends and then try to be like Michael Jordan. You know, it has to, it, I I would never want to be a leader like him, you know, it's, it's I wouldn't, because that's not how I see it. He's an incredible player, but it's, it has to match with who you are to make it authentic. And that's again like you can't just say you're the leader and this is how you have to behave now yes there are certain guidelines and within you have to be and like things you have to do but how you do it is still your personal style so and, and as a leader you need to have that trust that no matter what even if he, the coach doesn't disagree or doesn't agree in that moment you have that support and he has your back and then later and then one-on-one he will say I didn't like that but not in front of the team for example you know so to give people space to explore who they are and how they want to lead the team best
1: the life of an international uh, athlete is uh, with zoom calls everywhere so thank you very much for for joining us back in i hope the meeting was uh, pretty smooth there's a couple of questions uh you know come through and one from sarah juggins here is there's a lot of psychology behind being a captain, and in the role, do you get any specialist psychology training or support, um, or is it just learn or intuition? Uh,
2: well, yeah, I think a lot obviously is, is just and learning as you go and see like what worked well and what didn't work well, and and being that reflective on yourself as well. But we do have team psychologists, and we've had different ones over the years, and some were better, some were worse. We, I think with Jamie, for example, you didn't really need one because he was very empathetic and very much on, he worked on that level. And we had an assistant coach who, Andre Henning, who, who had a strong connection to us. So when we needed motivation, like someone to get us on the right track, it would be, it would be him. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be a psychologist role. It can be anyone in the team who's got that feeling, that connection. Um, And now we work with a psychologist as well. She she helped the German beach volleyball girl girls won gold in Rio and she's yeah she works on an individual level as well as a team level so it's um yeah it does help as well I guess but I we never said like now you get leadership coaching you know I think it's more like life lessons um trying to apply that and makes help someone else become better but yeah I think it could be actually that could be interesting to have that actually in the future <laughs> I should start doing that maybe now.
1: <laughs> yeah, just picking up on that, you said kind of life experiences, and obviously business has been a, a big experience for you outside of hockey. What have you taken from the business and startup world, which is a massively exciting area, to then put that back into your into your hockey?
2: Uh, yeah, a lot. A lot. I mean, I, I, first of all, I took a lot from from sport to that world because so many things that seem very natural to us are not natural to people who have never played team sport, particularly team sport. Or high-performance sport, where it's about performing and performing under pressure. So it's it's it goes both ways. Um, Especially in the startup world, there's so much uncertainty there's um it's even worse i think than in hockey because even if you're good at hockey and if you perform you know that you will make the team hopefully whereas if you're good in the startup world doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be the next you know big unicorn so there's a lot of uncertainty maybe unfairness you're dependent on investors on where your product work um yeah but also you have to build the team even quicker and it's a smaller team and that has to grow and so it's very yeah, you have to make decisions like who should be in that team because it's even more crucial if you're only three or four, if they're the right ones. Whereas if you got in our team, we've got 18, ideally those 18 should be the best. But if there's one or two not performing, it's okay, we can cover, we can cover that. So yeah, I think it's also like the bit of, especially in the startup world about like innovating and reinventing everything and just, you know, trying things all over and like having a different approach and try it again and get up and do it again and which we do in hockey in terms of we fail forward. We are used to having, making mistakes and learning from it. But sometimes it's good to have like a completely different perspective on things and just see like from outside, like, is that how we do the whole big thing? Is that still the right one? Or can we be more innovative in, in one way or the other? Because, you know, people tend, especially coaches tend to be like, this is how we always did it. And this is how someone won gold in Sydney in 2000." but we have to question, is that still the right way to do it? And and maybe it is, and then definitely do it, but maybe it isn't. And maybe we can learn something from the world out there or from other sports. And then we just have to pick those bits again, pick and mix. And And, um, yeah, just try to apply that on hockey and on our situation and see if that takes us forward.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things I took from the startup world was kind of those 90 day plans and those, you know, 120 days and just looking forward, you know, I think in, in sport, we probably don't do it enough of, what is the ultimate goal, and sacrificing the early kind of success actually for the, that innovation stage for that long-term success as well?
2: I think again, I think that's the difference between um, probably national team and, and wouldn't, like a club or like a lower level because they they struggle like what is our goal, what do we want to achieve. Whereas if you are going like use, you always have that long-term four-year Olympic goal in, in, in mind. But then yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because we also. I I never liked those sessions where you're like, oh, we have to set a target, like, what do we want to achieve at these Olympics, you know, because people, people struggle to do that when they don't even know if they're in the team, whereas in the club team, you know, more or less, this is my sport, I'll be there. So I'm happy to stand up and say, you want to become German champion, whereas in the national team, everyone's like, or lots of the players are on the fringe are like, I like, first of all, I want to be in the team. But um, over the years, I changed my mind on that. And I think you have to set a goal early, like early, early, not just two weeks or four weeks before the tournament, because that makes the whole preparation, as you said, like the, everything you do for that in, in those four years or on those one last year, match um, more like in a way easier because you can always say like, look, we're doing it for this and you know, hold people accountable on that as well. And not just you make the team. And when we are the team, which is only a couple of weeks, in before the tournament and uh, only then we set a, set a target for that specific tournament
1: yeah there's a nice question here from uh mark stuart thompson of how as a captain do you promote individual player ownership in games uh, when you have a new player when you have new players involved in the group
2: sorry how, how do you know
1: what uh, so we just said a question so how as a captain do you promote individual player ownership in games when you have new players involved in the group
2: uh, well, I think a lot is just about demonstrating like how we work and how everyone does it. So just like leading by example. And the other bit is you just have to feedback them like this is, this is your thing and I'm not doing it for you. And, and also encourage them to try and, and make mistakes. Because again, when you come in, no one wants to make mistakes. And I say, I always say to the girls, like, I don't care if you make a mistake as long as you run back and work hard and, and don't do the same mistake again. So it's, it's just, I think for them to see like, oh, it's okay if I do fail, as long as it's not always the same one. Um, I again, give them the space to explore their, their role, their position and understand like, this is what I have to do. This is what I can do. And this is my responsibility. And, and I think right now on our team, we're very good at you know, owning our areas and, and being responsible for that. And just seeing how others do it always helps as well as, yeah, feedbacking like, yeah, I don't care if you've got one cap or three and 20 caps, this is what you do and this is your contribution to the team and that's equally, you yeah, know, well, equally amazing, <laughs> it's as valuable as as what I do, You because I'm just one of 18 too, so yeah, I think that's probably it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a perfect uh, question and answer to, to finish on. And Yana, thanks so much. I you know this morning has been pretty hectic for you uh, and the life of an international athlete is very hectic. So super grateful for your time and your energy. Um, and we're excited to see one way you go uh, and also the, the girls uh, go you know, with Rio, with uh, you know, Tokyo next year. Hopefully there's another medal to bring home. And yeah, thanks so much for your time and your energy. It's great to have you with us.
2: Thank you. Thanks, everyone.
1: Awesome. Have a good day,
2: Anna. Thank Bye
1: bye.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the European Hockey Federation Podcast. Presented the Coaching Lab powered by Coach Logic and supported by EFAH Academy. More episodes will be followed for series two over the next few weeks. Follow European Hockey Federation on social media to keep in touch.